I'm not even going to lie. This drink of the week was an absolute fail here around the studio, despite the fact that it tasted delicious. This week, we had a very berry martini. Now, the thing with martinis is they're exceptionally strong, so you have to be prepared for that, and you have to understand exactly what you're getting into. If you're not someone who likes high ABV cocktails, this is definitely one to stay away from. The very berry martini consists of blueberry gin, a homemade strawberry kiwi simple syrup, and of course, vermouth. Now, it doesn't sound like much, but that is a very potent mix. One of the things I love about martinis is just drinking them makes you feel a little bit more refined, especially if you've got one of those nice long stem glasses. You can get the pinky up as you have a sip. But the thing I hate about martinis is they're so strong. So this isn't a cocktail that you're going to be drinking all night. For me personally, this is a one and done situation. I move on to something way lighter that has a much lower ABV. Like I said before, I had a hard time convincing Nick and B to put down the rye and to pick up one of these martinis. So like I said, a martini can be a hit and miss situation, but what's great about it is because you have that mix already prepared, it's easily converted into a traditional cocktail where you can add more mix. You can add in a fruit juice or a soda, no problem, and you'll be good to go that way. The whole point of Thirst World Problems is we're here to help you drink better and to help you drink responsibly and to give you something to talk about while you're doing it. This week, we kick off the episodes by hopping into our Say What moments. So we're going to be talking about the trial that happened over in the U.S. We're going to be talking about some local protests here in Manitoba. I'm not going to name any names so you don't get any spoilers, but you can probably already guess what we're going to be talking about. And since the weather is getting nicer and we're inching closer and closer to summer, you know we're going to be getting into some barbecue tips. Now as I refill my glass, there's only one thing left to do, and you know what that is. Theme song! Welcome to the Thirst World Problems Podcast, where we talk about drinks, current events, music, and more. Now, here's your host, Nick Dugall, and his panel of experts, B, Bell, and the infamous Doc. This is Bell coming at you from behind the mic on Thirst World Problems. I've got my boy B, I got Nick here in studio, and we're just about to hop right in and solve one of your Thirst World Problems. Cats out of the bag, I shaved. (laughs) This is is clean shaving for me. See, this is the beauty of video. We can see your clean shaved face right here, eh? I shaved, man. It uh, It was bound to happen, you know? Wait, so are you saying there was a cat on your face before? There was a cat on my face, yes. As you can see by that picture, look at that holy cat. Um, before you start, you know what? Let's, let, let's start. Let's start. I'm going to transition back because this is going to be, this is going to get me riled up. So go This ahead. is going to get you riled up. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. All right. Well, it's barbecue season. Oh, this is already going to get me riled up. <laughs> Weather is nice. It's time to get outside, have a drink, but more importantly, have some good food. So I'm looking for some life hacks here, boys. What are some of your trade secrets when it comes to throwing a good barbecue? The key is the hype. The hype. It's <laughs> a good call. The hype is the key. <laughs> if you if you got to play like like if you invite people that don't vibe with your music, <laughs> you're not going to have a good barbecue. So you're saying the playlist, you want to make sure that there's a playlist has to satisfy everyone. That's the key. All right, I might have went a different way, but okay, let's hear it. You got to think about it. If you're inviting younger people, let's say, you know, you have cousins or nephews who are 18 to 20, you know, they're not going to listen to anything that's 18 like... 18 to 20. <laughs> Such a specific time frame. <laughs> I narrowed it down. Yeah, it's super <laughs> tight. Yeah. 
the two years makes a big difference, man. But you got to satisfy their appetite when it comes to music. Because if you go there and they're listening to, you know, Digital Underground, they're going to be like, yo, what the fuck is this? So what's hitting that market right now then you're saying? You're going to be playing some like the baby NBA young boy. Like what do you what are you talking about? What are you talking <laughs> you about? Do, you just got to play stuff that they would want to hear, but you got to surprise them. You got to put a lot of thought into it. Well, I want to put you on the spot here and tell us what do those 18 to 20 year olds want to want to listen to? Some Ty Dolla Sign. You know, Ty Dolla Sign. You got to play that. You got to play some, uh, you know, you got to play some throwbacks for them because, you know, growing up in their teens – they're probably listening to ASAP Mob and stuff like that, right? So the throwback track. So you you gotta you gotta Some classic Kanye. See that's that's it where, might be too that's where you gotta satisfy our appetite. Because yeah. that's classic Kanye is us, right? You gotta balance it out to have a proper vibe because if they're just playing music that's only satisfying the host, it's not gonna work out. Or you just play Drake the whole time. <laughs> yeah, if you know you're just gonna have, you know, I'm not gonna finish that. If you, <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble here, but that's the key. You gotta have good mixes. When you say good mixes, are we still talking about music? We're talking about alcohol. Oh, okay, so you gotta have good mix alcohol. You gotta balance it out. You gotta you gotta know what you're. You gotta get people to try things differently because when you get them to try, they don't realize how much alcohol they're intaking. Once you get that liquid courage out, you're having an even better time. <laughs> <laughs> the subtle drug, you got to sneak it in there is what yeah. you're saying. Is you just got to have a good platter. A good platter. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off there. I'm gonna cut you off there and let B get in here because I think he's just gonna ride your coattails here. I want to hear a a young, a young barbecue tip here coming from B. Bro, we're the same age, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm kind of with Nick. To when you shave, though, yeah. I'm kind of with Nick to start. It's definitely about the hype, but what I think the biggest thing is perception is reality. Because when you bring that chicken out, if you're saying this is the mix I made or it's been marinating here, and some guys will be like, "Yo, I marinated in you know whiskey and all this random stuff," right? I think a lot for a lot of people that. That gets them kind of going, right? They want to try the chicken. Because Nick's, Nick's is more of a, just like a club party, right? <laughs> it's, it's all... Okay, well, when I, when I throw a barbecue... It's big. What do you guys, what do you guys do when you guys get there? What's the first thing you guys do? Drink? No, what's the first thing that you guys ask me as soon as you guys get to my barbecue? Which is legendary barbecues. I think B said it right, man. Like, where's Drink. the drinks? Exactly. Meaning, what are you guys, what are you mixing for me? So I'll True throw that. something special. True that. I'll throw something special at you guys, you know, give it a whirl. That's already the icebreaker right there. So you guys are already, you guys are already engaged. Because if you guys come in with like a Mickey, you're sitting there in the corner just fucking sipping that drink. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> sipping that, hiding it, telling, telling everyone, yo, man, I'm not drinking today and shit. <laughs> you're already killing the vibe, right? BYOB, but. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys are saying booze is the key to I'll tell you a barbecue. One, I'll tell you one thing you have to very much avoid being the cook at the, at the actual barbecue. You can never bring that chicken with any pink in it because everyone's a critic, especially like if it's not nighttime or it's, you know, very light outside. The second someone sees that pink, there's people that immediately be like, oh, it's a little pink. And it just spreads just like an infection, like through everyone. <laughs> it's like, oh, is, it, is this like this? And that will kill the barbecue because it'll, it, it kills your, you know, you, you think yourself can't, can't cook it, right? Well, see, see, and that's the thing. You don't do chicken in the beginning. 
Oh, oh, here's the strat now. Here's the strat. Okay, I think I, was, I think we're like a level one talking about like a level thousand here. You gotta honest. you gotta do food finger foods that people can eat, right? So you do the croissants. You do the legendary croissants, you know, <laughs> with the um, chipotle mayo and all that jazz in there. There's some cucumbers, Killer. onions, tomatoes. You, Killer. You fill that up. In the end, when everyone's like feeling it. That's when you start making chicken and all that stuff because they don't really care. <laughs> that they so you can sneak in the booze and the pink they chicken. Just, at the they same just time they just want to eat, man. So that's how you got to mix it up. They're There's not no as judgment. critical. Right? There's no judgment. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so get them into submission. Hey, I will agree with you guys as far as the chicken goes. That seems to be the thing that impresses me the most. I think that's where I set people's bars at. So you can toss on a steak. Anyone can do a steak. You can do burgers. Now, sometimes nice homemade burgers, you get that right. That's that's impressive. But getting the chicken to the right position where it's got that nice flavor to it. There's no, like my boy says, no pink in it. But it's cooked to perfection without burning it because it takes time to get your chicken I'll, n- I'll right never now. do a steak. Never do a steak. No. Yeah. On, a, on the barbecue? I'll never, no. And with, uh, if I'm throwing a barbecue, I'll never have steak on it. Because realistically, to make a steak, like, you got to, you got to, like, <laughs> smear that thing for a minute each. Then you got to let that thing get in the pink in the middle. People don't want that. People That's more of a yourself barbecue. Exactly. Right. So, because when you make a steak, you're making it the way you like it. You can't make it for... How everyone else wants You're it. setting yourself up for failure. So You're for failure. Well, you don't make a few different varieties and then no, have no. a... You no, can't do it's it. too much work, man. It's too much work. It's too well, much work. That's it. But hey, that's one of our... Uh, that's one of my trade secrets there is... No matter what you're doing, like especially if you're going out that night, what I like about a good barbecue is going out. Well, that's what I'm saying. What I like about a good oh, barbecue with something else. is a pop-up barbecue, right? So you went out that night, whatever it is, you go back for a nightcap. No one's expecting it, so this is where the hype comes in. No one's expecting it. Then all of a sudden, you bring out some stuff and toss them on the grill, like yo, it's like midnight, maybe you know, maybe a little bit later after the club, whatever it is. And now you're getting ready to just give them something special. Not ordering pizza, you're tossing it on the grill. You got some steaks that are already marinated. You it's put a them rare on occurrence, there, eh? right? And then you get the three different varieties, right? So you change it up. So you get a nice medium. You get a nice rare. And for me personally, I like kind of well done. So I'll go <laughs> medium well, get that done. And then the secret is you slice it up so it's like steak bites almost. And that way you can keep things flowing and you layers your finger food and you grab and <laughs> Does you go, somebody man. feed that to you as well? Or oh, well done, man. <laughs> Another last thing before I want to end this. Someone feed it to One you last too. thing before I end this. <laughs> Perfect. The night went right, man. Bring your own beef and No, you all can't that. be doing that kind of thing. <laughs> you, told, you told me to do that. I'm going to go cook that shit at my house. <laughs> and I'm going to take a picture. Everyone bring their own steak. Yeah, bring and- your own steaks. Bring, bring your own drinks or something. You know what? No, I'm going to drink that at home. Uh, there's a little bit of pushback <laughs> okay. on that. There's a little bit of Let's pushback that. on that. It depends on what's happening, right? Like if it's a big event, a planned event, you're doing something for a birthday or you're doing something for an anniversary, something along you those lines. You should be doing it then. Then you're planning it. That's fine. What I'm saying is if it's just you're hanging out and you guys are trying to decide what to do later, basically at a pregame, and you're like, okay, well, let's let's. Get some stuff. I disagree. Anyone can just grab something. You grab the booze, I grab the meat, whatever. So I, I toss it on. I, I respect what you say, but I disagree, though. Because if you're the one who's creating the, hey, everyone come over, it's fine if these guys bring it. But if you're telling them to bring it, then that's, to me that bothers me. Because 
for me, I, I'd rather have everything ready for everyone. That way it's good to go. I don't want someone to come in and bring, you know, some fucking random bullshit stone cold everyone's meat's different yeah, everyone. someone bring, someone, everyone's got like Ciroc and Goose and stuff one dude just brings a fucking bottle stone cold <laughs> just fucking <laughs> you know what I mean I don't Listen, want that if you're drinking stone cold I don't even want you at my place to be gay with I don't that. want that's, don't, that's a whole other conversation I don't want none of that shit man Say what? So what made you say say what this week? And we've got a pretty big week here. There was a lot of things that happened. But let's uh, kick it to you here, B. What was one of the things that stood out to you this week? I don't know if you guys heard what uh, Brett Favre was saying. The guy is just a ridiculous hypocrite. Like, he, he, was, he was talking about, uh, you know, politics and sports and how he doesn't like seeing it and... Just I don't know if it's because he he used to have like a big painkiller addiction and like his so his passing yards for example are ninety percent of his passing yards are to black wide receivers. Um, the only Super Bowl he ever won, the MVP uh, was a black dude, and he's he was basically just going against you know Black Lives Matter and and you know obviously we know the on the ground Black Lives Matter versus what like. Yeah, the the ideology, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was just, it was really bad because he was like, we don't want politics and sports and all this. But then at the same time, if, you know, you mentioned the the anthem like that, what I sent in the chat today, if you mentioned the anthem, oh, we got to get the anthem out of sports. Oh, you must hate America. So he, he had this long interview of him just like ranting about this. And it's funny because him saying that, he's doing exactly what he's saying not to do as he's saying not to do it so I just I used to like you know I still like him as a player but it's it kind of what it showed me is it kind of shows your true colors after the fact right but you want to know speaking of um, you mentioned the national anthem did you know I didn't stand up for the US national anthem Lakers versus Celtics live NBA on TNT I cannot say I didn't know that because yep. I wasn't there I would have no clue yep I um, I didn't stand up there's a few people that didn't stand up. I, I didn't stand up. And you just told them like you were Canadian, just straight up? No. No one said a fucking word. That has nothing word. to do with being Canadian. No one said a single word to me. Oh, he took a knee? You took a knee? Yeah. The people, the people next to me started talking to me the entire game. Like, we're all chill. Like, we were like, because we were filming the games, right? Like, we were doing snaps and stuff. And they're like, hey, like, you want to trade like videos and stuff? I was like, yeah, sure. Cool. Yeah, I think with a lot of that stuff, it comes down to the people that are extreme about their opinions, right? So I think that's what really takes it out. And for the most part, you're, you have middle-of-the-ground people, middle-of-the-road people that are at a game. And it, like we're talking about Brett Favre, probably at one end. Most people are probably like, well, yeah, it's just the world that I know. Not that big a deal, especially if we're talking about younger people. What gets crazy is that when you start to run into some of these extremists, and that was my say what moment of the week here. So we've got back the George Floyd verdicts and you see people are celebrating. You see people are super upset. Yeah, It was one of those days where I tried to avoid going on social media. But you heard a lot of people complaining about the verdict or you heard a lot of people celebrating the verdict. And for me personally, I couldn't understand. First of all, I can understand <laughs> being against that verdict because everything was cut and dry and 
pretty clear if you ask me. They had a video of what happened, and you got to see what happened. This isn't. There's not. There's no hearsay in this. They're not reading a police report and trying to interpret anything. It's very direct. The celebration part for me personally, and that's what I wanted to touch base with you guys on, was I didn't feel a need to celebrate. And I was kind of sad that I did feel relieved that the verdict came back the way it did because you guys know I'm pretty cynical when it comes to a lot of that stuff. And I don't know if I fully expected that it was going to go that way. Oh, yeah. Me neither. Like, should it? 100%. Did I think that was going to happen? No. But when you saw people celebrating, and for me, the craziest part was when they showed George Floyd's family and they were celebrating and saying, justice, justice. And then you, you take that a step further and... An hour later, a day later, like he's not he's not coming back. This guy is is going to jail. But it was one of those things where it didn't need to happen, especially the way that it happened. But it did. And people are happy about the fact that what was supposed to happen happened. And I just didn't see I wasn't able to connect with it and get on that level. And maybe you guys have a different perspective on that than me. But. That's that's just where I left off, and that kind of would really make me say, I say what? Not a funny, cool one, but one that kind of really, I don't know, shook me a little bit. Anyways, I think a lot of people saw this and realized, hey, you know what? Finally, something is on our side. That was the biggest thing. Uh, from what I've seen, the responses I've gotten, people were just going, well, you know what? This is just the beginning. We gotta start. We gotta start getting better. Celebration wasn't minimal because. To them, this isn't a big victory. This is a small gain. Justice was served. It is what it is. End of the day, you know, you, all the comments that you see is, oh, you know what? Like, they did it so they can get off the police's back and all that stuff. It's like, it's not that. It's the power, the struggle, all these years. People are going, oh, all of a sudden, you know, there, there's, I'm not going to name names, but there is an individual who has, who always messages me about when it comes to racial uh, equality. Oh, this, the biggest thing that he said to me was, the last the last three years, this thing blew up, and I and I responded to him, no, it didn't. It, this hasn't been happening the last three years. The last three years, it's been getting filmed while these guys are getting caught doing it. Have you noticed uh, what's his name? Derek? What's his last name? Chauvin. Chauvin. Whatever. <laughs> if you notice him in the court, if he really did not mean it. You would see this guy be in tears, shaking, asking for forgiveness, a lot of things. Not once did you ever see him. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't phased because he knew what he did. He got caught doing it as a police officer who's supposed to protect, right? He got caught. He took it, stood up, put his arms behind his back. That was it, man. So when you can you can tell by an individual if they really mean to do things or they didn't. I'm so glad that you say got caught because that was one of the most shocking things for me personally was the police report. And I don't know if you guys have heard it or read it, but the police report and the way to describe what happened, they described it as no one was filming. And, and if no one was, the way they described it, that police report and that's all you had to go by. There wouldn't have been anything that oh, happened. Oh, there's just deniability. Well, and the, 
then then he's not guilty. You can't prove it, and he's done. Oh, right? well, the police reports like uh, they pulled up on a suspect that was obviously intoxicated, leaning on a car, they, who was caught in the middle of a forgery. They go to uh, subdue him, and throughout the process, he succumbed to uh, what do they call it? Like medical incident or medical situation arose and they called an ambulance and unfortunately yeah unfortunately passed away in transit or something along those lines and the biggest issue is whatever their police report is the chief whoever is whoever has to deal with all these things will always believe the officer the officer is human well they're incentivized to do that they're incentivized exactly but the thing is as you being a police officer policing the situation are you not gonna question anything like that is it always 100 percent the police's side that is cool man. right what they did so th- and i think that's where a lot of things are happening that's why you see a lot of defunding with police departments and those guys are losing because the fact that they couldn't do their actual job they're losing millions and millions of dollars being funded to it. So when you lose millions of dollars like that, you're not going to get the things that you want, right? You're not going to get that benefits in the end that, you know, that a lot of police officers get. You're losing a lot of things because what's the main reason? You're, you're not doing your job. Well, also, people start to look at the police as different, right? Like, let's be honest. The police are a needed thing in society. Well, I'm going right? to stop you right there. The, what you just said was... People look look at them different. I don't think people looked at the police different. People have always looked at the police as depends on what you are. Well, that's it, right? Depends how you're looking depends, at them. Depends on your, looking at them. Depends on your nationality. Realistically, if you're colored, you're looking at them differently. These guys are looking out for us to see what we're doing wrong. That's basically what it is. If there was anyone else that's non-minority, all these guys are here to protect me. It doesn't matter what I did, right or wrong. They may not think that part, but they may think, hey, they're here to protect me. I'm going to feel well, it's it. psychological, right? It's 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 in, well, it's, 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 it's built in your in your head. Well, it's really, really upbringing, right? 100 as, as a colored person, obviously, we're all colored here. You got to have that conversation with your, you know, your little one. Hey, they don't look at us differently. And then they're going to ask you why. And that's the hardest part. You got to tell them, well, it's because of our color of our skin. They don't look at it, doesn't matter what we do as a profession or what we do as great human being in society. It's basically all based on our color. If we wear a turban, if we have dreadlocks, if we wear certain different types of color, doesn't matter. Oh, sorry, uh, clothing, doesn't matter, right? They're going to look at us different. I'll t- I'll, this has nothing to do with the police, but there's one thing that stood out so much. Obviously, Bog, you know what it is. So when you get a rakuri, your brothers and sisters, you tie string around your wrist right mm-hmm. i remember playing basketball I, I had a league game that day so i got a tie from my sister yeah. right went to go play i just remember the guy go i remember the, the ref just went up to me both of them he goes hey uh this isn't the nba you got to take that off i was like yeah but it's part of my religion i can't take it off this is my sister gave this to me well you're not in the you're not in the league here kid this is uh you gotta take that off it's against it well what is it gonna do so I'm going against my religion so you can be a ref getting paid fucking 50 bucks? Cool. I didn't take it off. So he's like, you're not playing. Well, fuck off. Of course I'm playing. I paid. I pay you guys. <laughs> you're not going to fucking stop me. Yeah. I'm like, where, where does, does it say I have to take that off? Show me right now. Kind of made a big deal about it. They literally had to bring somebody in and say, well, you got to take that off. I was like, 
Do you guys understand the knowledge of this? I'm not fucking making shit up, right? The fact that people, that's where the story ends, but obviously, you know. Well, the answer is no, right? But they basically, don't understand, ba- right? But basically, they're, they're quickly to judge what it is without understanding what it is. 100%. And I mean, that was one of the things, and I don't know if you know this part of the story from your from your older brothers and another one of our friends there that, that plays. That same scenario happened a bunch of times throughout uh, our playoff runs, getting close to provincials. And what it came down to was you have a certain group of refs, and sometimes it's a big deal, and there's meetings, and the coaches have to go beforehand, and same process, go through this, go through this. You have a different set of refs with a different perspective, and they kind of understand where that's from, and it's not a big issue. So once again, like I forget which one of you said it, it's the background of the people and the perspectives that they have. Like when you were asking the ref, do you know what this means? Do you know what this represents? Right. I don't care. I don't need to know. I know these are the rules. That's how you're doing it. And a lot of time, law enforcement has the same mentality, exactly. right? Exactly. So that's that's exactly where I was getting at. Well, with there. the with the rugby thing, like the main thing with that is if you have it on, there's two ways you can think about this. A is that in the rule book it says on your wrist there can't be anything hanging. Cool, understandable. But then also the overarching law of the land gives you expression for religion and you know what i mean that has to be covered so a smart ref who looks at this critically would just say oh okay i didn't know that uh can you just put tape around it maybe for the game done but it 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 doesn't work like that right it's you either cut it off or you you're not playing right like the tape duct tape over your wrist for that game it would solve essentially you're still having it on your wrist so how does that solve the you know what i mean but I guess it can't dangle. It but can't the dangle anyone. is the thing, right? But what's so interesting about that, and, and I love this conversation, especially since it's so generational, is the fact that now you're starting to see hijabs being allowed to be part of high school high school sports, where before that was never, never a thing. Collegiate level, it's already accepted. Nike is now putting out an Under Armour or putting out athletic versions yep. that kids can use. I've seen it, yeah. Can you think back to imagine when we were in the high oh, school? Oh, those people were just, like, oh. they were just excluded. excluded. Instantly. Instantly. So I'll, like I'll give you another good story. Sorry, I'm throwing all these stories out. So there was a big, big article of this individual East Indian player in Montreal. They were banning him or they were telling him to cut his hair. Obviously, he couldn't cut his hair because, you know, he didn't wear a turban, but he wore what people who are younger usually do. They, they call it um, a judah. I don't know what that, what you guys, I guess you guys would still call it a turban, but basically they would wear like, you know, the bandana that would cover it, right? Mm-hmm. So he was wearing that and they wouldn't allow him to play. So basically, I, this was when I was like, you know, traveling, doing all that jazz, right? I got asked to do petitions. I got asked to speak up about it. And as weird as it was, my voice made a big difference. There was a lot of artists. I'll show you guys the article. There's a lot of people that were talking about it. It got to a point where we actually had to meet up with the people that run the division for sports in, in Quebec. I don't know how I got involved in it. <laughs> I, I just say. did. But the reason, because someone like that who has no power, who has no control, I'm going to use, if I have very little power, I'll use it for the good, right? We all had to talk, explain why. A lot of these guys couldn't speak really English, but obviously, you know, I, I understood the biggest question I got was, well, you don't wear one. Well, I wasn't born. I, like, my parents never made me wear it. 
So I grew up like this. Doesn't mean I'm nowhere different as the person that does wear it, right? But I mean, I understand them growing up in that family. They're they're not going to cut it off because of a sport, but I really knew the kid really wanted to play. So, you know, you go to your way, you, they got to understand that. So when you do something like that, you kind of do a sales tactic. Put them in their shoes. Pretend that you are me, that you can't do something that you really love because you don't understand why. And that's going to go to other facets of life, right? If he can't play in that game, the next thing he wants to do, someone may not tell him you can't do it, but you already put a psychological barrier in between that, so he's not even going to try. It's just like the hijab situation in sports, for example. It's not that people with, you know, someone with a hijab tried to play and they denied him. It's so... It's so against, and I'm talking back in the day, it's, mm. it's looked at as so against that you can't even do that, that it's not that they're trying and getting denied. It's more so that society is set up that you shouldn't even try. So you don't even face the, pro, like the uh, people who are running these sports pro- programs, they don't even face it because society's already put, said no. Exactly. So, so they don't even try. Exactly. So it's the, it's the psychological, again, you know, systemic. In, it's systemic. It's built in. You can't see it. If if you don't know it and experience it, you can't see it. And that goes to everything: policing, sports, racism. So you know, sh- hiring. I'll show you the article here. So basically, the FIBA lifted the ban. They call it a butt cut, right? Like just what I said. Basically, it's what he wears on his head. They lifted it up here, and basically, um, you know, allowing him to play. But I just want to, you know, flex my. Uh, you should flex your talking into the mic. That'd probably be a cool flex. I am talking in the mic. Dude, that's sick. So basically, can you read that? So ba- Can you read that? Can you just read that? Like, this is a feel-good moment. This is probably one of the best moments of my life, man. <laughs> Mention in there with the... the Besides sports persons, India's idol, Devinder Pal Singh, singers Yo-Yo Honey Singh, Gurdas Man, and Hardeep Kaur... Actor and politician, actor Diligent Dusani, comedian Nick Dugal, law, lawyer, lawyer and, and filmmaker, filmmaker Valerie Kerr, musician Jazzy B. You were mentioning the same sentence as Jazzy B. Okay. Pretty up there at one point. <laughs> I told you my life, man. And hundreds of other prominent persons and sports lovers have supported the online petition to change.org on FIBA's policies should be more sensitive to people's faith. So the fact that, again, I'm just joking about the flex part, but the fact that. You are, but you're not. But the fact that you can. A lot of people don't feel like they make a big difference, right? And I think. Everyone can make a big difference. doesn't matter who it is. Look at George Floyd. Nobody knew who he was until the situation happened, but they made a big difference. He made a big difference. That's where I'm kind of getting at. So, you know, a lot of people out there, if you feel like you can't do much, you can do it, man. Everyone can make a big difference in order to make the world a little bit better. That person there, I don't, I don't even know what happened to him. But at <laughs> the end of the day... Not many people realize that now these guys can play without changing a haircut, changing their views, right? They can do whatever they want and still keep their lifestyle the same. What I love about that, as you just mentioned, is that you as an individual person can influence and can change other people as a group. And you have a kind of a bigger responsibility, which is going to take us into our next topic. 
Thanks for listening to the Thirst World Problems Podcast. For more exclusive content, follow us on Instagram at Thirst World Pod. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share.